Today's episode of Meet the Brave is sponsored by none other than me, your host, Monty Draper. We have a show coming up June 15th at Brick and Mortar with the legendary Detroit's own Black Milk and his band, Nat Turner. Such an honor. Been a fan for a really long time. And it's a really special moment because it's like everything coming into play for us. Flo and I had specific taste and we shared a lot of common interest. And Black Milk Sound was one of the things we sort of bonded over. And we have the opportunity to open for him. It'll be our last home show for a little bit as well, too. And it just so happens to be my birthday week. So to get your tickets, go to my Instagram page. Free Money F R three three M A N I. Click the link in the bio and purchase tickets. I don't care where you are, really. If you can't come to the show, purchase tickets from somebody else and send it to them. Like, let's get this show packed. Let's do this right. Let's celebrate. Again, go to my Instagram page, F R three three M A N I. Click the link in the bio and purchase your tickets. DJ Flow, Monty Draper, some special guests opening for Black Milk at Brick and Mortar in San Francisco, Friday, June 15th. But for now, let's start the show. It's the Meet the Brave podcast with your host, Monty Draper. And welcome back. It it was only a week, but gosh, it, it felt like such a long time. And I um I be I become so dependent upon expressing so many things through the podcast and, and so many things happening in pop culture. It was like it was a good break because I, I needed to needed to walk around and like have some some thoughts to myself without feeling like I needed to share them. But uh I'm glad to be back. I hope you guys are glad to be back. Um we took a break. Um, mainly for the holiday. I didn't, I know people were like, I still got hit up like, yo, what happened to the episode today? But it's like, yo, it's holiday. Everybody's kicking it. Like I didn't want to, didn't really want to bombard y'all with, with, uh, with content, but, um, I don't know. Hit me, hit me with some feedback and see how we feel about, you know, holidays that, that normally fall on a Monday. Like just letting that live. A lot of the, a lot of the podcasters that I look up to didn't give, zero fucks and still dropped that day which was which was awesome i'm glad they did for some reason i just it was a nice break um and it was nice to know that people really have become dependent upon the podcast every monday it's a special thing but yeah man um i think everybody's pretty tapped in at least the ones that follow the show seeing how much we've been traveling um from Jeez, I don't even know where where and when it all started, but L.A. multiple times, uh, New York, Toronto, uh, Portland a ton of times now. I know I'm forgetting somewhere and I can't even think of it, but we've just been gone, working on a lot of music, performing, um, but mainly, mainly, mainly the music is what's been driving us all around around the world. And it's been special. And in the process of that, been doing podcasts still like like got a lot of special guests coming up for you guys. And it was, it's been amazing, like, really sitting down and getting to know people that are on a similar journey to you. It's not, again, it's not all music, but there, there, there's a, there's a linear thread for, for all of us, like, that are trying to break through. And I wanted to share my own breakthrough with you guys most recently. Shout out to my boy, Ethan Machel, 
who I'm, I've done my entire next record with. And so, so excited to share that with you. We actually finished it. I was in Portland this last week wrapping it up. So, <laughs> oh man, I, we'll, we'll, we'll have that discussion when it's time, but just know the record is done. We got a few, like, we got some red tape to like get into place, but just know that it's done y'all. And I can't wait to share like some exclusive shit with y'all, like how we're going to do the listening sessions, like how it's all going to roll out. You guys will have it first. Everyone that just subscribes to the podcast, at least. Um, but in the beginning stages of working on an album and going back and forth to Portland, you know, with Ethan coming from a specific punk rock background, he was showing me like, just, just showing me a bunch of punk rock stuff and a ton of like fine art shit. And it was like, just like my mind was like blown. Like the vi if you saw my vision board right now, you would know that it's like directly correlated to me building my relationship with my dog. So again, Ethan, thank you so much. But he showed me that Fugazi documentary and for one, I'm like pissed that I went my whole life without knowing about this band, but I got introduced to him at the right time in my life and I needed it for a breakthrough. But essentially, the music was driving what they wanted to do in terms of giving back to the people and they, like really wanting to make a difference. And they didn't let none of that stop them. And, the, and I think the hard thing that a lot of creatives have is like it, it's coming from a really pure place. But in order to do it, there's a there's a there's a genuine business knack that you got to have in order to sustain this shit. Or you just won't be able to do it. It's plain and simple. Like there's make no ifs, ands or buts about it. You have to take care of your business in order to be able to continue to create. And I was struggling with that for so long because it, it seemed it seemed so um, intrusive to to the process. But there is a way in. One thing one of the band members said that I don't know why it helped me break through, but it makes sense. It's like as a creative, you can't do both. Like you can't be um, on the fence and like worried about what people are going to say, because that is what is intrusive to the creative process is allowing people's opinions and shit to stop you. And he was specifically referring to creating and expecting someone to care enough about what you have to say being pretentious and that's the realest shit ever because it is pretentious like the just get over that from the beginning is like you sitting down making something and going y'all want to share this with the world is pretentious as fuck it just is and so if we're starting there anything anyone has to say after that really shouldn't bother you you know and 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 i needed that breakthrough and and a lot of people have been like, yo, you own one right now, you fired up. Like, nah, it just, it was a breakthrough that I needed in order to continue on this path um, to open up revenue streams that then only helped me expand my creativity because, like, I'm always going to be resourceful. Like, I went from, my first microphone was stolen from, like, the YMCA I went to, and it had electric tape on it, and I wrapped in that like it was a, you know, a $5,000 mic with no problem. So it don't really, it don't matter what kind of gear I have, like, I'm always going to create. So if that's if that's where we're starting at, then you got to get over, you know, that that fear of people projecting their fear, because that's all it is at the end of the day. People having anything to say, like, because if you if you don't fuck with it, just turn it off. But you going out of your way to consume it and then to have something to say and to continue to have something to say and to continue to consume it is just you projecting your fear. So for all the people and not just musically but if you 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 have a business idea if you have if you have anything going for yourself and there's naysayers around you um do the right thing and and get as far away from those people as possible because that's just them 
really, really trying to put their shit off on you because they see you doing it. You got to do it. You got to fall. You got to fall. You have to fail. And that doesn't mean the ride is over. It just means there's a ton for you to learn so that when your number is called, you're ready. And I, I'm saying this because so many people would say exactly this. And I'd be like, yo, it's easy for you to say, my nigga, you got your break. And that's a shitty mentality to have, too, because they're telling you for a reason. It's like that rough patch and that scary shit that's happening immediately on the other side of that is is the is the breakthrough is the breath you've been waiting for. And so I encourage you to just see your vision through to the end, make the proper adjustments, talk to the right people, bet on yourself, bet on yourself, bet on yourself, bet on yourself, bet on yourself. Can't emphasize that enough. And I know this sounds like some some motherfucking like like uh what is it infomercial shit but i if i'm sorry if it does but it, it's the it's the god honest truth man like uh I'm, I'm just charged by the blessings by the homies by by everybody just like stepping up and and that that stepped up and supported and helped see this through to bring it off full circle is like why the podcast was started like i wanted to i wanted to trap this shit in real time i wanted to and i and i wanted to do better about you know, my truth, like, cause ain't nobody own it, own it against me. And I'm gonna tell you guys this story. And, <laughs> and it, 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 cause it's important. It's important. We do, a, we do a really good job at sharing shit when it's good. And when it, when it, when it puts us in a great light, but what about when the light is like, you know, um, you know, people might judge you on it. So let's start with, I'm going to skip a lot of stuff, but I just want to share the last week. For example, Ethan, who I collaborated with on this record, we had a big blow up at the end of like, we're done. We got one more session to do and we decided to have a blow up over something so small, you know? And my first reaction was like, to hell with this album taken, I'm, I'm walking away from it. And, and what I realized is that my inability to express myself when I'm frustrated has continuously played as a roadblock into getting to the next level. And in the moment, I, I realized that immediately, I didn't want that theme to continue, and I realized I was just over it, you know? And so it was hard as shit, but I had to take ownership and responsibility and, like, yo, apologize to that man, like, immediately, like, just for just... Because, honestly, what I, w- what I was feeling was, 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 was genuine to me. But as people, we got to take responsibility for how we articulate how we're feeling especially when we can't find the words and we've let it build up build up so much that we we just go at somebody's neck when it's not necessary like you could just have a conversation so immediately that's like that's how that was on a thursday i'm supposed to be there by that sunday so shit's rocky and even in apologizing he accepted it but it was still like it was still weird like yo we have it figured out and then he was able to hit me with that like yo bro like I still don't feel like th- we figured it out and I was like nah man I'm, I'm I doubled down on the taking the ownership shit and I was able to help move it along so we we get in the, we get in the right space but some things happened to where financially I wasn't gonna I was I, if I was going to go fly to Portland to finish this album I was getting on the plane with the $13 I had in my and one account while the other account was overdrawn um and so Saturday, Sunday, I'm trying to think of a way out of it because I'm I'm terrified of leaving without any money, you know. And Monday morning comes and I'm supposed to be on my way to the airport and I'm still trying to think of an excuse and by that time I'm by that time I'm getting I'm in 
and on the way to the airport still like, yo, fam, you about to get on this plane with no dough. And shit, get on the plane and land there and and y'all I went the whole week with fucking thirteen dollars, but every like every homie that pulled up on me was like, yo, let's go get lunch. So me, let's let's go just go eat. So like food was taken care of, but we was in the studio. So just all I needed was fucking coffee and the music. Like I was good. But that again, that fear that happens right when you at when you when the breakthrough is there, I was damn near about to convince myself not to go. So we wouldn't have finished the album. Some other business deals wouldn't have happened. Like it was an amazing, successful week. But I was literally, I was seconds away from not going. And and that's why I'm sharing the whole breakthrough shit. And I know that's no no y'all probably tired of hearing it, but it's it's true. So literally that 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 little that pathway of fear that's right in front of you, you do know that that liberation is right on the other side of it. And I'm I'm only sharing that because that's my truth and that's what I went through and that's what the show Meet the Brave is all about. And that's why I'm so glad to share this episode with you, with my next guest, because my favorite thing is finding new music. And and I have a wild addictive personality, especially when it comes to music. Like I'll I'll listen to albums over and over and over again, especially when they move me and they're speaking to me. Flo and I had the opportunity to um, perform on the same bill with this incredible artist, um, Emily McLean, from Connecticut, but living in Oakland now. And when I tell you, one of the most incredible writers singers and just special people that I've encountered ever. I mean that. And uh I contacted I contacted her immediately after the show and didn't hear back and didn't even didn't even think to take it personal. Like there wasn't even it wasn't even a thing. Like I I I I DM'd her which is weird. Um but I did let her know what a fan of our hers I was and Wondered if she'd be on my show that she didn't even <laughs> she didn't even know about, but I had to <laughs> I, I I had to at the very least see if she'd be down to have a conversation. And lo and behold, she hit me um, last week and was like, "Hey man, my bad. Like I needed a cleanse from social media, and I'm so glad I didn't take her initial no non response personal because I was feeling the same way just a, just a, around that same time that she took her break." Like it's just wild intrusive, and you don't, um, you feel like you you're relinquishing a level of control. Um, there was a there was a a day, it was on social media, and I literally had just seen the funniest video I've ever seen. Like I was laughing, like I damn near tears in my eyes. I was laughing so hard. And then the very next video, I don't know if you guys saw it, was like a clip of that lady that shot bruh in the head on on Facebook Live, but somebody had put a clip of it on Instagram, and I, and it, like, bro, I don't want to see nobody die, like, especially at, like, it was just, like, I wasn't ready for it, and it gave me this feeling of, like, not being in control at all, and it kind of just, it ruined me for a couple weeks, to be honest with you, and it took a while to recover from that, and I was like, yo, I need to, I need to chill on this shit, like, but you, but as an artist, and as a creative, and, like, you kind of really, really need it too. So it was, it was a struggle. So I didn't take it personal. She hit me back. It's like, y'all needed a cleanse. And I was like, bet. She's like, but I'm down. So we ended up meeting and recording this episode, uh, right by Lake Merritt. And I'm also letting you guys know that because there'll be some sound and some noises in there that I could probably edit out, but 
it's 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 real and it's necessary. So I'm gonna do my job. I'm gonna do my part at, at EQing some of the harsher sounds out. But a lot of shit I want to leave in there just to just to add to like how that day went and like what we were like what we were experiencing. And um, I hope it translates. So um, without further ado, I missed you guys. I know it was only a week, but I'm glad to be back. And this is my episode of Meet the Brave with the lovely. Emily McLean. Charming. Like really giving. Yeah. It's like oh, like people will pe- appreciate it too because at the studio I'd leave the window open and it would always be a siren. Like, uh-huh. In every episode there's a, uh, uh, an ambulance siren. <laughs> Okay, we are rolling, and we are at Lake Merritt in Oakland, and I'm with Emily McLean. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, this is this is really cool because it's like I can I can share you know the uh, the the process of you know the the, the cold contact. And just asking somebody to do something so random, like, <laughs> hey, will you be on my podcast and talk about your life? And <laughs> you don't know me. Um, and it's, it's funny because, like, some of the episodes, a good portion of them, I've had the luxury of knowing the person mm-hmm. um, on some level. And so it's not as weird. But the, the few that are, like, cold contacts are like, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh <laughs> But it makes for it makes for a really really interesting um, conversation too, and with the with the whole concept of the the over, the podcast is the podcast overall theme. It's like learning in real time, and we were you and I were just talking about like curation and the lack of vulnerability and people that are pretending to be vulnerable. Like it's just weird, mm-hmm. um, and so to strip it down completely and just go, hey, here we are, you know. Yeah. Um, but thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, we. We did a we did a show together a month ago maybe I think it was a month ago, just yeah. about in April. April okay yeah um, shout out to the Think Beat guys yeah. uh, one way and, and uh, Dion and that was at uh, Spirit House here in in West Oakland and yeah oh my gosh it's just like because I wasn't to be honest I wasn't familiar before mm-hmm. and. Uh, you just walked in, you had your amp and your guitar, and I was like, what the heck is she going to do? And to watch an entire room of, like, I, 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 I don't know, that just the, the crowds in Oakland specifically can be really strange. And you, like, everyone was, like, dead silent, like, watching you. That was the coolest thing. I was really thing. surprised. <laughs> I was so ready for people to talk over me. And no, the, the whole room went. And then they were, and then there would be a few like spot conversations, and the other people in the crowd would be like, "Shh." It's like, "Damn, this is dope." But um, we're take here. Let, let's give we're give we're gonna give people the backstory. So let's start at the beginning. Okay. For you, where where are you from originally? I uh, was born in Connecticut. What? I know, crazy. It's, what? Uh, um, can, explain Connecticut to me. That's like a, that place is a mystery. All I know is it the should office. remain a mystery. <laughs> it is a terrible place. Is it know? really? Yeah, it's horrible. What's what's bad about it? Um, yeah, it's uh, 
there's a lot of wealthy people who okay. are uh, very oblivious to their um, the outside world it's from a bubble. their bubble. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay. and um, just the a lot of the social uh, like there's I think one of the largest um, economic uh, disparities in the country. There, it's wow. like yeah, it's it's pretty crazy and it's uh, really segregated and um, wow, just. It's a kind of strange place that's right next to New York City. So, hmm. what and what's the drive to New York? Is it two hours? Um, where I grew up, it was like twenty minutes away, New York. Oh, okay. Um, wow. So, wow. yeah, I was like uh, right outside of New York, and okay. I moved to the Bronx when I was uh, sixteen. Okay. And then um, lived in New York for a long time, mm-hmm. and then. Moved out here, moved back to New York, then moved out here again. I like to kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of bounce around. <laughs> well, go okay. Well, then that's that. And uh, shout out to the ice cream man. He, he his bell is like <laughs> you get used to it, kind of sitting here, and you forget it. But I know in the podcast is going to be really, really loud. And I'll do my best <laughs> to EQ it. Um, but let's go because you, I, I Connecticut. I have limited experience in in with Connecticut um it's it's so funny meeting people from different places and whatever my own relationship with it is is usually through music mm-hmm. or sports so Connecticut in particular um Yukon like that that was just the, the yeah. school that's it like <laughs> but they having such a powerhouse team for at least all of my childhood um and even even in even into up till recent they've always been like a powerhouse but that's sort of just that's just a, a like a speck on the entire like scope of that of what centers around that state in that area in particular and so what like growing up were you able to identify that early like the disparity between everything or did that yeah did that, yeah yeah i um so i grew up in uh it's like in town housing okay. um in uh greenwich connecticut which mm-hmm. is a really uh wealthy area it's um it's all the commuters from new york um but in growing up all the people of color um were or most of the people of color mm-hmm. were in um section 8 housing and in gotcha. town housing gotcha. 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 um and so it was pretty apparent like oh this is where, <laughs> this is where all the black people are <laughs> and um you know and those huge houses over there yeah. you know that's it's like you could see the wealth disparity pretty, wow. pretty clearly. Wow! And then what your your parents and siblings? How many? How many? I have uh, two older brothers yeah. and uh, one younger brother who we adopted. He's my cousin. Okay. So. Okay. And what was th- all all boys? So yeah, I imagine yeah. you like pretty tough. Like. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> tough and shy at the same at time. At the same time. Yeah. 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 What, and then your your folks. What about your parents? Um, so my uh, mom's a, she was a teacher, mm-hmm. um, and she pretty much supported all of us. Gotcha. Um, and my dad, he was he was a writer, okay. um, but uh, well, uh, create, creative writer. Uh, yeah, journalist. he he actually wrote a novel about um, aliens uh, taking over Woodstock. Wow. He's a very weird guy. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Aliens um, taking over Woodstock. That's yeah. a it's a super original concept, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you have you read it? I haven't. No. W- would was, you? Are you thinking about it? 
I it's it's hard it would be hard for me to read it because I don't know he 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 worked on it for so long and it was at a point of my life that it was just um he didn't he didn't support the family gotcha. like he just focused on the book yeah and um so you know and he drank a lot of alcohol mm-hmm. too he's an alcoholic yeah. so oh man we can, so yeah we're gonna be here for a while emily <laughs> i can tell already yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> it kind of brings up it's like a it's like a symbol of that um rocky time in yeah, my life it's a, it's a hard harsh reminder yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so what um sorry for the noise oh it's gonna we be some crazy edit. it's gonna be some crazy <laughs> editing i can tell <laughs> but what uh what what do you remember most about the dynamic between your parents and like and like sort of like just processing that for yourself because it i don't know just off first first impression and then basing first impression with like coupling that with the music mm-hmm. you're just extremely thoughtful and that term that term gets thrown around loosely but there's a um i i personally like liking it with with like language and how specific words are like triggers for me to go well that person's extremely thoughtful because there's only certain words that people like that use <laughs> and just listening to the music and then even now in conversation um were you able to really process you know the dynamics of your parents relationship but then you go and you know, my mom's a teacher and my dad's a writer feel is is there any i guess i guess what i'm asking is there any any part of you that feels like you're uh your equal parts both of them in some way yeah yeah I mean I definitely I, I definitely see it I see a lot of myself uh or I see a lot of my dad in myself gotcha. um uh, it's, it's kind of scary yeah. for me <laughs> <laughs> um and I also do see a lot of my mom um and uh it is interesting they're like um I've noticed that they are kind of extreme uh, to like on the spectrum they're on extremes of like my mom was completely uh giving Mm. and um you know self selfless and um my dad was very selfish and um you know didn't give a lot so (laughs) it's uh it, it was I feel like it's also interesting to reflect on my life of just being kind of caught in those extremes of like extreme wealth and you know um poverty and it's uh it's, i saw a lot of extremes absolutely what um what uh what grade did your mom teach um she was a preschool teacher preschool teacher wow so that a, a whole different level of like nurturing and 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 yeah. giving like you, you speak of and it's so it's so funny you talk about how scary it is to start to see the you know the the, the resemblance of your dad i was having the same conversation with a friend of mine because i was like melting down last week it's like holy shit this is my dad like <laughs> oh no you know and my for my friend um shout out to ethan because he man we had a, it was a tough week but he uh he goes the the sort of the gym in that is that you can sort of you know you can you can recognize it and and identify it early and address it um as opposed to ignoring it and like dancing around it and suppressing it in some really weird subconscious way and 
part of part of him I, I know he's right but at the same time like oh shit i'm becoming my dad yeah. <laughs> you know um but I, I think you you said it best that that you know when you look at the spectrum of where both of your parents fall in similar way my my both of my parents fall on opposite sides of the spectrum and I'd like to think I'm in the middle, I guess. Yeah, now, yeah. You know? that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of myself that way, too. <laughs> well, well, how early how early did you start? Was music a thing? I won't even start with the guitar. How early was singing and just not even singing, just you identifying with music in a way that seems because it sounds. Yeah, this is this is really corny, too, but it's it seems it seems real therapeutic and like spiritual for you. Yeah. And is that, was that, is that, has it always been like that or did it start, did that start early? Um, I think, um, well, my dad also is a musician too. Um, he plays guitar. Okay. And, um, okay. so he played a lot of music around the house and, uh, I, that's kind of always been a part of my life. Gotcha. Um, I think, yeah, music has always been kind of a, an, a place to process mm-hmm. uh, emotions and uh, just life, I guess. And so, I, yeah, it, it is um, somewhat spiritual for me in that sense of like understanding and or just letting mystery kind of move through through me Absolutely. and honoring that mystery of existence in a way. So, so then, the, so then, the sh- you you identified as shy early then. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always very shy. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, I played out on the playground, but I was definitely like the weird loner, mm-hmm. and you know, I had ferrets. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked, I walked my ferrets around <laughs> on the playground. <laughs> when so you walk, <laughs> when you walk the ferret, it solidifies it all. <laughs> and and then how long? And so, you, Connecticut, all the way up until sixteen. So navigating that, what was like the, the you know, the, the demo breakdown through elementary and middle school and, and parts of high school, I guess. You remember um, that vivid? It was mostly mostly white okay. um, in school mm-hmm. and, um, you know, with pockets of, uh, um, you know, Asian, black, um, Latino. Uh, but it was all very, like, people stuck to their groups. Gotcha. And... Um, yeah, I was always just the loner. Mm-hmm. So. And and then. Excuse me. This is gonna be tough. <laughs> <laughs> it was so quiet for the first few minutes of sitting here. Not a motorcycle passed. Um, and did you start writing as early as that too, or did that start later? Um. Yeah, I started like writing songs and like, um, around twelve. Okay. okay. Um. Yeah. On the guitar or just? Uh, just started off um, writing and you know in my notebook and uh, making melodies. <laughs> so yeah. And was did you sing in church or anything or? No, no. Um, just sang along to Brandy. Brand- <laughs> why does why does see you're the third you're the third guest that has mentioned Brandy. Really? We're gonna I'm gonna start keeping the. Keeping keep the tally it, going. Keep track of it. <laughs> people sleep on Brandy's influence on a She's particular huge. age group. Like uh, DJ Flo uh, had found a 45 of uh, the Baby record, and mm-hmm. and I lost my mind. And everybody in the room was looking at me like, "What's wrong with you?" It's like, "What's wrong with y'all?" <laughs> yeah, um, Brandy SWV. 
Um, they were huge influences at wow. that age. Yeah. Wow. Was it a, uh, what would have been, what it's what video was not TR? It was no, I guess T, no, not TR. What would it have been video wise? The box. Video. Oh, for like music in general. Were you were you into videos or was it just radio? Um. Oh, I was definitely into videos. It was definitely TRL at <laughs> TRL. that point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. But uh. But yeah, and I I had my brothers were into you know music that I obviously wanted to be like them, so yeah. <laughs> I just to listen to whatever they listened to too. But the early '90s R&B that was my thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then and then what was that? What was it? Culture shock when you guys got to New York. Um, well, I actually, I, I moved, uh, to the Bronx alone. Oh, wow. Um, At 16. Yeah. I, I, I went to school. I went to Fordham. Okay. Um, and, um, it was, I mean, it was definitely, a um, just a shock because of going to college and being alone and, but it was so nice. It was, um, having that anonymity, anonymity, Mm -hmm. um, to just like dress how I want. You know. start you started coming your own like exactly and in, embracing being your own you already your own walking the ferret you were your yeah, own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but wait wait you you can't just sneak in walking going, a ferret <laughs> well we already that's it oh, oh, yeah, yeah. but going to Fordham at 16 yeah what yeah explain it's, explain let's go back explain <laughs> that because we just skipped that and that's like that's important how do you how do we how do you get to college two years early um well i think it was a combination of uh that my birthday um i have like a later or september 30th is my birthday so So early or late i guess yeah depending on how you look at it yeah exactly and um also i just i really hated high school and so um i doubled up on classes and You know, we have open periods, so instead of taking an open period, I took another took class. Another class. And wow, that's impressive. <laughs> and then, and then, was there? Did your parents have any reservation about you going to New York that early, or was it just like, oh, yeah, makes sense? Yeah, they're like, yeah. Eh, that's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and you live live on campus first, correct? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then you have to stay on. Well, I imagine for a while at 16 or is it just like any school where it's just that first year you have to stay on campus so i actually i was only at fordham for a semester and okay. then i had transferred to the new school um oh, wow i uh studied jazz there and then <laughs> this is this is great okay i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> and um and then i uh, moved to harlem and i um you know uh, stayed in an apartment okay. there how, how how old were you when you got your first apartment uh 17 <laughs> There's so many layers. You've independent since 16, maybe even a little bit earlier. I imagine, huh? You feel like would you yeah. would you say earlier than even before leaving? Yeah, I would say that I kind of was already kind of doing my own thing mm-hmm. by that point. And then what um, was was the study study jazz always the plan, or did that just sort of develop when you got to the city? Um, that kind of just developed I like I was gonna I really actually wanted to be an artifacts curator because I really liked um, history mm-hmm. and um, I uh, I realized that um, 
being at Fordham, it was a lot like high school. Mm -hmm. It felt really, it was a closed campus, so it felt really confined. And I saw people that I saw, you know, every day. I just realized, like, you know, why aren't I doing music? Is there, am I afraid of, you know, of you not had doing that conversation it, early. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still having that conversation. <laughs> so, but, um, and yeah. was it, was it, was there anyone there, a mentor or anyone that helped with the breakthrough or you just, you just exploring this stuff on your own? Cause at 17, like I, like I couldn't even imagine having that conversation. Like I'm like you said, having it now, and it's still it's still pretty scary. So at 17, you're having that conversation with yourself. It's just I don't know. It's impressive. But I'm wondering, was there anyone there to sort of lean on and like bounce ideas off of? Um, yeah, definitely my oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, yeah, I, I talk to him a lot yeah. about stuff and. I think also I had a very rich like inner dialogue um, from a young age just mm-hmm. because I've always struggled with melancholia or like you know um, just depression yeah. <laughs> I just always on the sadder side mm-hmm. so um, I always had those like conversations of like why are you feeling this way mm-hmm. you know and, really really walking all the way through it that's yeah excuse me that's I don't know it, it just it blows me away away um, I don't know for, cause I, I can and I can relate on some level when you talk about doing your own thing and being pretty independent early, and um, I, it's this it's this reoccurring theme with uh, with with the particular the particular group of having to grow up way too fast and and alone and and depending on depending on so many variables outside of their control. That could either be a, a great thing or a bad thing. Like, there's no um, right or wrong answer, at least not for me. Like, because I've seen I've seen people that had to grow up really fast that aren't doing well, and seen people that had to that are that are extreme that are thriving right now. So I don't really know. But to it's one thing to have to do it. It's a completely other to to become dependent on it. Um, that inner dialogue that you're speaking of and i i'm i'm wondering like where the the um the the self-awareness i guess like is it was it was it really can you can you attribute that to the dynamic with your dad of the the self-awareness you think yeah yeah i mean yeah i i i think um it's hard to say. I mean, I, I think it's also a personality thing, mm-hmm. um, but it's trying to understand the dynamic between my parents and I guess, yeah, trying to understand um, what was going on with my dad. Um, I think forced me to become... Um, more sorry i'm not doing a good no, job no, no, of no, explaining no. this it, i've no. never thought about it so no it's <laughs> I, it's uh it, it it trust me it's making sense and i'm all, and i'm only asking because we in, in what we're here and we'll move past it but it's just it's just fascinating to me to hear um you explain it in the way that you are and like and have a genuine understanding of it because so many people like 
go their whole lives trying to figure out figure that part out of like just the the inner diet the, the the need for inner dialogue and um like really just like exploration i guess is what it all comes down to um but it and it, and it all sort of helps put the music in perspective for me too it's just yeah. it's and and i and i use thoughtful and i'm not even sure that that's doing it enough justice be, because um I had one of my, my one of my first guests, my very first guest was uh Pendarvis Harshaw and he's a writer, um, K Q E D he's a but a black writer to be specific. But and recently I've started to see in like the new modern journalism where people where the because there is I don't know, that people are writers feel like they have to go out of their way to establish uh what uh race they identify with especially mm -hmm. black writers and so for me doesn't feel like you have to do that if you're being thoughtful enough and and you're being true enough to use like particular language mm. um and you in your music you and that's what i was referring to you have specific language that lets me know where you where you come from and gives me a real part of you um, and now hearing you talk about the, the, the dynamics between your dad and and how you grew up, it it's putting it all in perspective. Like, oh shoot, that makes like it's yeah. it's clear as day. It's just it's just it's just really it's really fascinating. Like, it makes the music the music's already rich, but now it's even more like just just like hearty, I guess. Um, Thanks. <laughs> and then and then studying studying jazz, um, what. Had you already studied music, or did you just just dive into it at that at that level? Which you are you been studying already? I pretty much uh, dove into it. I um, I did do a summer kind of program at Berkeley's uh, College of Music, mm -hmm. and um, uh, Boston, right? In Boston, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, but it was more of a feel like more of a social thing <laughs> being, um, than uh, learning a lot but um, but yeah I, I really like didn't know anything um, I was starting from square one and it was really intimidating wow there, there we go, we go. <laughs> nice little interlude um, uh, yeah I uh, Theater, music, th music, music theater. theater, yeah, and um, but yeah, so that it, I, I'm not really, I, I don't think people really did that. I think it was like a, um, I don't know if it was the smartest thing to do. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, uh, I have a lot of uh, complex uh, behind music now because, mm -hmm. or baggage behind music because of uh, going to school for jazz, but I and. And that that was a question. I once you said that I, I had that question for you. I've worked with um, some outstanding uh, musicians that study jazz, um, and while they're like, I'll I'll put them up against anyone in terms of just like uh, being players and just like pl plugging them in a situ any situation, they'll be fine, with the exception of like just trying to break free mm -hmm. and it's an observation i don't know how real that is how true it is um or if that's even fair to music 
because I didn't study at all. Dropped like literally dropped out of uh, band class the first day because I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was intimidating too. So being honest about that, so I don't know if I I, I, I struggle with that because I don't know. I don't know if I should be the one to say that or am allowed to say that, but it's an observation that's really consistent with with a lot a lot of my friends who study jazz they have a really hard time breaking free mm-hmm. and and creating outside of the the box yeah yeah it and, took me a long time to, okay. yeah i i think that's a fair assessment okay yeah i mean i i think that um i think it's really hard when you're told like for as much as you studied jazz like you're told to be a good musician mm-hmm. this is what you have to do yeah and you're just indoctrinated in a way yeah. and um it's uh yeah it's rough it's uh, i mean I'm, I'm sure people would disagree with me on this but that's um i think to get out of that it it, it is a process to get out absolutely. of that box absolutely um one that I'm definitely still kind of journeying, but uh, I think I'm I think I'm finally cracking cracking open that box. What is and I mean, because in in and in all fairness, I say I say the box of jazz as like this weird irony because to me, jazz musicians should be the the freest people walking the planet and. When you see it taught, or you hear someone that's a student, it's all centered around this box, and it, like it just doesn't make sense to me. But maybe it's because I don't understand theory and all. It's like maybe maybe it's because of that. But it it seems to have this weird sort of like comedic irony on it, where it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I think that's like it's just institutionalizing any sort of art form. Huh. It's like I, it never really was taught that way before you know it's like you had a you know you had a mentor Mm -hmm. and uh, that mentor taught you everything and it was um and you found you in the process of exactly following your you're not doing your apprenticeship and uh, and i don't know when you think about like ancient times or whatever like the whole idea of having an apprenticeship just makes so much sense to me makes so much sense learning learning in real time and like breaking down like learning the entire foundation just to just to find you and my again my lens of everything is really through hip-hop and for a long time i was ashamed to admit that even like some of my morals as like a human and as a man were through hip-hop and people go wait what (laughs) and i'm like no 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 no, not the you know not not the not the gangster rap that you think of, but even in gangster rap, there's a there's yeah. a there's a moral message that you got to really listen for, um, and really it really what it all boils down to is that you find you in the process of just breaking every rule, yeah, like yeah. every rule, and it's a level of freedom that I'll walk into a creative session with or a studio session with with these 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 musicians that have been studying their whole lives but are dependent are 100 percent dependent upon me to write to sequence the structure 
this entire song and I'm just I'm blown away by it still to this day when that happens because it, ha- it happens quite frequently especially now I'm just like wait what like <laughs> and and they and and it, and it means a lot to have their respect on that level but it, it I do walk away sad just wanting them to to be able to break free it's yeah. like it's not that easy when you when you know when you when you know and you and you studied under such rigor like rigorous like inst- institution as you said like you yeah. said it does make it really hard to like put that all out of your mind and just and just find find your find your voice that's but that one thing that makes you you yeah um and because like i mean like for four years it was like you know you gotta eat breathe sleep music if you don't like you're not a musician and you know you're looking at like coltrane and monk and (laughs) you're like oh my god i can never be like that like you know sarah vaughn like what i can't sing like that (laughs) you know and so it's um and you know you have your teachers who are you know slightly bitter because they didn't make it and so i'm they, glad you said it i'm glad you said it <laughs> that seems that i've always noticed that the teachers are the ones who didn't make it mm-hmm. for whatever reason and so they have this weird edge about them that don't you dare bring up the fact that they didn't make it and yeah. just like make a make an honest like genuine observation like you sound kind of bitter <laughs> and you're projecting right now and it's 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 hindering my growth this isn't this isn't uh productive at all yeah i know? mean there's a lot of a uh, lot of teachers egos in that place too but there's a lot of like really great teachers That's that good. i That's um good. yeah that i came into contact with and i think a lot of it though is um I was just really insecure. I mean, I was young too, yeah. and I was really insecure about my abilities. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that uh, stopped me from being a beginner, you uh-huh. know, like uh, allowing myself to just not be good. Exactly. Like, oh, and like, and I think that's a, I, gosh, I regret so that the most. Yeah. And cause that's a, that's a necessary process. It's so necessary. Um, to just accept, I, funny story. Um, Right at towards the end of college, um, it was getting clear that uh, the next level of basketball wasn't going to be a thing, and so I was like taking music even more and more serious. But I would sort of sit around, like just out of out of being naive and silly, would sit around and wait for. And this is like the email when email the email age of like working together was like getting really popular and waiting for people to send me uh, beats. And my mentor comes home one day and is like, you're pathetic. You should learn how to make a beat. I'm like, no. I don't want to make it. Like, I, I, I got so mad at him for suggesting that I tried to learn something new. Like, I really got mad at him. But mm-hmm. it, I only got mad because he was right. Yeah. And uh, came home the very next day and he had gotten me uh, a beat machine and, like, some software. He's like, there you go. Figure it out. <laughs> I was like, uh... And literally didn't touch it just let it collect dust uh moved back home and moved into this amazing house with all this incredible equipment and was still doing that process process of like sitting around waiting for people Mm -hmm. and it hit me it was like holy shit this and this was three years later mind you and he was like it's like oh i should learn how to make (laughs) 
but it was I realized it was the fear of being terrible. Yeah, yeah. And I called my mom and I went, Mom, I don't remember being bad at basketball and she laughed. She was like, <laughs> Ha, you didn't have to go to those first practices and I was like, Oh damn. So there is this sort of maturation, um and like real connection that you make with struggling at something and then one day like the progression is like slowing like i understand this now. yeah yeah you know and it makes it so beautiful and um this mo the the record we're working on now to literally that like i've never been more proud to say that like i've made and worked on every single beat that's on there but it's like i never i three years ago you couldn't have told me that this would be a thing but yeah. it was that fear of being bad yeah it was yeah it would look like to to get your at it's just getting your ass kicked at something for however many hours you spend at it and it's defeating yeah <laughs> but the 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 lessons that are being learned in the process um are priceless like you can't you can't you can't uh sub, there's not a substitute for that there's not and i i think that that's like it's not celebrated enough of yeah. just like the process yep. of just like you're <laughs> like you like yeah, we talk about geniuses, but it's just like no, they they didn't just end up being like yeah. they weren't just born a yeah. genius. They just like, didn't they, quit. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they sucked for a while, most yeah. likely, and yeah. you know, yeah. And I think that's for me. And in school, like you know, you have all these talented musicians, and like not understanding something simple, like a simple theory. I was terrified to raise my hand and ask a question. Oh my gosh! Here and we so, go. Yep. I like I really do regret like looking back I'm like man I could have learned so much more yeah. if I wasn't so scared yeah and um yeah so I'm working on um yeah just that honesty with myself of like okay I'm new at this yeah. like that's okay yeah. like I've started painting so there you I, go yeah. and and <laughs> is this is this like your chance to really allow yourself to you know to go through that process that you're speaking of that yeah. painting yeah yeah. yeah and that's I, I think I've just recently started to allow myself to dabble a little a little bit more into like other things yeah and I think it's been really helpful for my music too of there just you go. yeah exploring it's, yeah having and, uh, fun they uh that 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 idea of like not being afraid to raise your hand is so real I, I had that I um in 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 college one of my one of my favorite group partners was this uh two i had two favorite in in um in lecture hall they usually partner you up and um two of my favorite group uh partners were was a lady she's like in her 60s um she had raised her kids or have like having grandkids but she just had this beautiful outlook on life and school and learning in general and she's like yeah I just want to be here and but she was just like so bubbly and so excited to learn and like when it when some new information would be introduced she was like genuinely excited and that helped me break through with learning and that fear you talked about raising your hand because in That's elementary awesome. school or middle school I was terrified to say hey I don't I don't understand that can you explain it again and that yeah. that fear of like the class looking at you and be like well why didn't you get it when in actuality a lot of them were falling behind because it was just too fast or yeah. or wasn't explained thoroughly enough like it, it was it wasn't that it wasn't that i didn't get it it was some of that shit didn't make sense yeah it's like can you 
wait, that's not right, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, so being afraid to question anything. And the other uh, part, uh, partner that I had um, in college was a uh, retired uh, war vet. Um, he had lost his, lost his leg. Wow. But his, you know, how he was dealing with his PTSD was education and was learning. And it was like really therapeutic for him to be in lecture hall. So he was taking a ridiculous amount of credits um, each each quarter, um, and would would meet up with you anytime, any day, to sort of do study group. And it was like, damn, like school could be cool too. Like he just made school look really cool. That's like, awesome. and it was a it was a serious breakthrough um, when you just think about process and approach to life and. Uh, that's the same the same thing when you're talking about just like doing other things to help with the breakthroughs of the music man it's just it's just um, incredible yeah. see, see bro uh, just to, to help to help with the release and like mm-hmm. step away from it and, and I think about to go back to what you were saying when the when your professors are like you gotta eat sleep breathe music that's not it's not true there's a yeah. There's a there's a life element that you got to kind of go out and experience and fall in love and get your heart broken and exactly. and, and eat bad food, and eat great food and and dance <laughs> and, and cry and travel, yeah, and see all these things that help um, really accent and like push the creative process forward and it it's it's heartbreaking to see to to know what what I went through and then now hearing what you went through and just that process of um, being afraid to raise your hand, mm-hmm. but how that sort of, uh, how that ignites the fear of being bad at something, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. and, and it's, you hear it with so many people that are like finding themselves later in life and, it, and that's what's inspiring. And it's like, I, 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 I really, I really, really want kids now uh, more than I did before, but for that prospect of like not having them go through that ever and just yeah. embracing like yo I'm bad at this but not you that balance of not you don't get to quit yeah. because you're bad you kind of got to see this through yeah you know there's a there's this balance of that where you get to and you learn so much about yourself in the process yeah yeah definitely and like fostering the excitement behind the process huh. of like I I think huh. I was so that's brilliant yeah like I, I, that's I mean I've been really trying to work on that for myself because like you know I was for a long time I was really concerned about like oh like when this when I'm done with this song like how's it gonna be perceived like are people gonna like it and you know just the end goal always and um now I'm really trying to take the time to like be like okay yeah this like I am so lucky and so fortunate to be able to sit down and even write my thoughts and my emotions and like have this time and space to contemplate that is beautiful that like like to have that just that alone I feel like is the win of everything you know to to arrive at that point and to and to, to to remind yourself of that constantly and that's um honestly something um i've been working on but 
being honest, like struggle with still to this day because just let allowing so many um, outside variables impact just that alone. When that's just something that can always be mine if I allow it, you know, like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Um, when where are we? I completely got off the timeline of <laughs> what we did Brooklyn, Harlem, mm-hmm. four um, years at the at the at studying jazz. And when I uh, graduated, I moved out to San Francisco. Why? Um, (laughs) Why? (laughs) Um, My brother, uh, my brother went to school out here. Okay. Um, So he uh, he was living in San Francisco, and I wanted to change from Mm -hmm. New York, and um, I was like, yeah, I'll try something different and um, try a different pace of life. And so was that was that scary at all? Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, coming from, like, you know, when you're in New York, you're told, like, it is the city of all cities. <laughs> and, like, if you move, you're moving away from, like, the center of the world and, like, you're going to miss it all. And um, so I, there was part of me that I was like, am I giving up? Is this me giving up if I move? And, like, and I came out here and I was like, wow, every, it's so much slower. People are okay with just spending the whole day in the park. Like, this is awesome. And then, like, you know, the the fact that there's a lack of seasons, you kind of lose track of time. What, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, and then, and then two years later, I was like, oh, my God, I need to go back to New York. I need to be more productive. <laughs> but I actually was extremely productive, Um when I first moved mm-hmm. to San Francisco, but I just, it didn't feel like it was hard, yeah. which was nice. Yeah. It's crazy how we associate uh, success with with things being hard. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be this easy. It's yeah. like, no, that's, that's, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. get, you go back to, how long did you stay in New York when you went back? Uh, two and a half years. Yeah. And then I, uh, the polar vortex came. It was like one of the coldest winters, and I was like, I'm going back to back California. <laughs> and then, have you been here ever since? Yeah, well, I um, kind of. I've been traveling um, off and on for a long time. Okay. Um, I uh, first went to uh, the Middle East um, and did like a three month traveling thing um, on my own. Um, wow, so, the Middle East on your own. Well, I I visited a friend. I went to a wedding in Israel. Okay. And then um, I went to Turkey and then went all, like, all through Europe um, for and, three months. And this is, uh, this is crazy ignorant, and I'm, I'm acknowledging it now before I ask, but, the, you know, the, 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 the narrative we're constantly fed with the Middle East is, is how terrifying it is for women. And mm-hmm. so when you say when you that that's why I said Middle East alone like whoa yeah yeah um, did you experience any of that there? Um, well, a little bit in um, in Turkey. Uh, it was actually it wasn't. It it was more just I. It was the first time that I realized that I was the only woman on the street, at, or like, I was walking through the town and you know and. I, I felt kind of weird, mm-hmm. and then I looked around, and I was like, oh, I'm the only woman here. What does that even look like? What? It, it was just, it, yeah, it was, um, I don't know. I mean, it was definitely a change, like a definitely definite shift of like, oh, wow, okay, I need to be a little bit more aware, aware here. Aware, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was there, and um, actually, 
uh, I guess it's a year or two years now, but I went to India and um, Southeast Asia for six months. Mm -hmm. And um, I went with my partner, Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't imagine going to India alone. That's uh, that's something that would be really scary, I think, as a woman Mm -hmm. um, going alone, because even with my partner, it was kind of scary. See, I, I, and I, I, meet the media, and 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 entertainment. How how we're fed and the authenticity of it. Like I'm I'm worried because it shapes so many of our realities. Yeah. Um, and it and it has this has this lasting impact where it paralyzes people with fear of traveling and experiencing new places. And like my my mom, for example. I, I, I found myself like getting genuinely irritated with her for not traveling more like she's mm-hmm. retired and she she can and just it just hit me in an airport some in an airport the airport in uh when we landed in uh, Berlin no yeah when we landed in Berlin I went oh my gosh I that 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 uh that male privilege like and <laughs> it, 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 I, I'd heard people say it and like kind of scoffed at it, like, mm-hmm. "What? Talk about male privilege? You being <laughs> ridiculous." And then, and then there's this whole thing with like, you mean I, I know white privilege, but don't you dare go black male privilege, and it's it's real. Yeah. Like just to be able to move, I mean, there's there there are the things that we deal with, but a woman and then to be a woman of color, oh my god! Like I got, I was standing in the airport. Excuse me, Emily. Like I was in the airport, like crying because I was genuinely mad at my mom like are you kidding me you don't want to travel you missing out on life like just going in on her and she was like "Mm -hmm, okay it's like (laughs) it's like son it's not it's it's not that simple love you bye (laughs) and then it hit me like oh damn like I I there's a there's a level of oblivion that I'm operating with that I could never ever understand what it's like to be that vulnerable you know like like constantly around the clock and that's that's why i asked that so thank you for for sharing that um how has the traveling uh impacted the process of creating if it has at all i i know it has but i'm how how can you say specifically yet yeah i mean i i've thought a lot about it because um i think after going to like india and sri lanka and and like one, just the music there in general is just like incredible. Um, just uh, yeah, really beautiful music. And um, I think I really appreciate the uh, kind of sincerity of the lyrics. Like mm. you know, on the bus rides, we would see these music videos, and like they would have the English the subtitles, subtitles and just the um, the simplicity. It's just straight. Yeah, it's just like, I love you, you know, like, like you are my world. And but like the way they sing it and like the way this genuine kind of sincere lyrics um, came across, it was just so powerful. And I think it impacted me to be like, OK, I can I don't have to be so clever all the time. Uh, like I can really just be sincere yeah. and I don't need to be afraid of being sincere. Wow that's a that's a hell of a breakthrough um because i'm trying to it was really i i I went through something similar and trying to like understand 
like people's attachment to certain artists and it was exactly that um just getting to the point and kind of leaning more on the feeling as opposed to mm -hmm. just being extremely clever at wordplay you yeah, know there's this, yeah. there's this uh there's this need to be like over poetic sometimes you know and definitely you know, not not really necessary yeah yeah <laughs> um what uh what's the, the i know you're painting there can we expect music soon um yeah yeah um i'm working on an ep right now yeah. and um hopefully it'll come out really soon it's been a slow process but um i think i'll probably put out a single in the next few weeks actually Sick. so you record you recording here locally or um, I, I record most of my own stuff. Awesome. So awesome. I do a lot of my own production. Awesome. And um, the most recent project that I did, I actually uh, worked with uh, Mars Today. Um, and so... Wow. Yeah. How, did, how did that come together? Um, he contacted me like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of kept on missing each other. Mm -hmm. And we finally got together and uh, finally did something. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That uh, that's and that's the last project that's already out, right? Yeah, okay, that, yeah. yeah. That was that was my introduction, and that was that when I sorry, that's what I was referencing when I was just talking about the thoughtfulness and in the in the in the particular use of language and and your and the other thing that I forgot to mention too. Sorry, is the mu music for me has the same sort of beats that like comedy does. Mm -hmm. And a good joke isn't so dependent upon the writing. It's really dependent upon the timing. Mm -hmm. Lyrics are the same way for me. So you could say something clever, but if it's not on beat, it's weird. It either has to be in this really unique pocket or it has to be so off the chart that it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like it has to like sh like shock value almost. Yeah. And you're... you're pacing your timing is like i don't think i've heard anything like it's like you can't compare it to anything is that is that something you think about is that intentional is this just this is you oh yeah i guess it's just me i i, I don't think about I, I i definitely think about timing and the fact of like does this you know does this work does this sound good i always want like my melodies to and my lyrics to really feel like they've always meant to be together yeah, yeah. um but in terms of like really thinking about timing in that way, I guess I've never, I never. That's really fa I'm fascinated by that because it's there are there are artists new and old that have the thing. It's not I get well I guess that does lend a tonality, but it's it's just their choice of how they insert each melody, each each lyric, where they choose their spots at that make them unique. And there's. Like even lately, we we were, we were marveling over uh, Anderson Pack, mm -hmm. and just never heard anything like it. Like that that timing, yeah. that cadence, it's just it's just beautiful. And I think for you, like to have to to just be like, hey, this is what I do. It's like it's so it's so cool to me because it's it's just it's it's nice to hear, um, or especially today, originality is just not it's it's not champion mm -hmm. it, it's it's a lot easier to just go hey 
this is hot. I'm gonna just do what this is. It's just, it's just, e it's just easier. And so I don't, I, I try to, I try to make it a point not to knock anyone who mm -hmm. just wants to just be included and chooses to go that way. Cause I, I understand just wanting to fit in. Yeah. But it, for me, it does, it does accent uh, the people that are just in their own world <laughs> in a great way in a great way because it's that those people only happen they're so few far in between because originality just like they're not teaching it in school uh, individuality individuality and, and, and originality is not being taught um, this sort of uh, mob mentality is being yeah. forced on us to have a, a collective opinion on everything yeah and it's um it's really really it's it's exhausting but it, it also is um it also is impacting creativity and expression in my opinion yeah um and so i did and so my pardon i said all that to say that was my reasoning for wanting to sit down and mm -hmm. talk to you and learn more because you are making you're creating something new and from scratch and i imagine that it's scary yeah. more days than not <laughs> yeah Man, thank you for saying that yeah i um it's it's really scary i you know i mean i think it'd be hard to meet anybody who does anything creative that does you know they don't question themselves yeah. and they they're not afraid of like oh am i sharing too much of myself is this gonna you know am, am i gonna be rejected yeah. are people not gonna <laughs> like me you know that type of thing and um so yeah so i i really appreciate you saying that a lot well um real quick plug website or where where most efficiently people can get um your, your your music from and just and just stay stay up to date on things you have going um, before we before we say goodbye yeah it's um, emilymclean.com and uh, my music's on SoundCloud too awesome mm, yeah thank you Emily thank you so much <laughs>